And I'm back. It's another episode of Limit Upside Podcast, and I'm Ben Epstein, and I'm back on the podcast. And it's always, it's just Mike Prada and I. Not as always, but it's good to be back with just Mike Prada. We're talking NBA over-unders today. Mike and I make our predictions for all 30 teams. We're going to do it by Eastern Conference and Western Conference. So there's going to be two sets of podcasts here, or one set of podcasts. This is the first one, the Eastern Conference. Eventually, you're going to want to go download the second one. That's going to be the Western Conference and our superlatives. But before you get to all of that, before you listen to our Eastern Conference predictions, please go and subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. Send us questions. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, on platform at sbnation.com backslash MBA. Um, shoot us those questions. Find us on Twitter. That's at Mike Prada SBN, at limited underscore upside, and at EpiBen. You can also send Mike an email at mikeprada at espionation.com. We get to these questions. We did not have any questions for this particular one because this is just Mike and I going through our predictions based upon Mike watching preseason basketball and me being away for two weeks and not watching any preseason basketball other than Joel Embiid, of course, of course. Um, so you'll see how we kind of differ. You'll see where we come together. Uh, enjoy the Eastern Conference limited upside NBA over under season preview. We're back, and guess who's back? It's Ben Epstein. What's up, Ben? Hey, Mike. Um, not much. You know, I, I guess I took my mind off of basketball for a little while, so this is this is fun. This is really fun to. Um, finally have a good basketball conversation because I was overseas for a little while and it's just not talked about, nor could I speak the native tongue. So my my wife did not want to talk about basketball. So Weird, I know, weird. Uh, ben was on his honeymoon, so it's a little yes. strange that your wife would not want to talk about basketball. Yeah, it's only the I most know. important thing happening to you this month. However, I will say I did notice you sneaking in on the Twitter account. And <laughs> I did hear you texting me first to ask like why Roger, our friend Roger, was leaving for the ring. Yeah. Then to say I've been listening to all the podcasts and they're going great. So you're spending your your honeymoon listening to the team preview podcast. I had to tune in to hear sound quality. Number one, and just to check you don't in, trust Mike, me? this is a, I, of course, I just, you know, I, I wanted to to hear how the podcast was sounding uh, overseas. You know, it's sort of like soda is different over there, so like you can, it just tastes a little bit better. They have higher quality, and same same as the beers in, in a lot of ways. And uh, so I wanted to see if the sound waves were the same way, and uh, my, they sounded great. So 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 good work on that, Mike, for oh, holding thanks. the ship strong, finishing the team previews. Uh, without I didn't me. know the speed of sound was different. Uh, in <laughs> of course, I'm making this up now. Come on, strong <laughs> internet though. Strong internet in these little islands uh, where we were, uh, like in, in Greece. It was it was really it was quite interesting to figure out like how connected the world is now by strong internet. That's amazing, and we have a lot of international listeners to thank yes. for that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to uh, was it Norway? Is that what we have? Yeah, we have you know people all over the place. You know, yes. we have a lot of international listeners. Too many yes. to count. So, anyway, you are back, and so with the season starting uh, on Tuesday night, we thought it was as good a time as ever to compare between one person who watched zero minutes of preseason <laughs> and one person who watched way too many minutes of preseason to see our do our team over unders and see how well we do stacked up to each other and see whether watching the preseason actually helps you understand NBA teams or not. This is like a, a nice sociological experiment we're going to Absolutely. Play <laughs> so uh, we're, all these odds are going to be as of Bovada from October 12th or so. So I know there were some over-unders that people have done on other shows that were based on the early odds, but there have been some injuries. There have been some things happening. We're going with the most recent odds we've seen from Bovada and from our uh, affiliate at Odds Shark. So those are the odds. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. And uh, Ben, you want to kick this thing off? Yeah, I suppose we start with the. Let's just go alphabetically, right? Let's do the Celtics in the um, in the Atlantic. That sounds about right. Okay. So, they are a fun team. Um, I think um, they are one of the more. Let's just say. Let's just say this. They have high expectations for a team who hasn't won that many games in, in quite some time, right? It's always tough to kind of break that threshold. I think that I think that they are a better team than 
maybe you do them. I believe that's accurate here. We put these down. I'll say today I put mine down. When did you put your your? I put mine down. Um, a while ago. down? So, so their over under is fifty two point five. It's fifty two five. Yeah. So what do you got? I actually have them at fifty three. I have them right around it. I think you might have more. Yeah, I am. I am super high on this team as a regular season team. They won forty eight last year. I think they had the point differential of a more winning team. They blew a lot of games at the end that I don't think they will blow. They have the same mix back. They get Al Horford. That's a big upgrade. And that is a team that I feel like is going to take the regular season very seriously. I think there's a chance they could have the number one defense in the league. And they'll have an offense that in the playoffs, not sure it's going to be that great. In the regular season, they're just going to outwork you. And I always like to bet on deep teams in the regular season. So I have the Celtics winning 55 games this year. 55 and 27. Nailing the over and pushing Cleveland for the number one seed. Whew. Nailing the over, so people, if you're if you're starting right away with a with a bet to take uh, to the bank here, Mike says nailing the over with Boston, fifty two and a half. I know a lot of people in the Vox Media office feel the same way uh, from our conversations today, but I, I think that they are slightly over. Fifty three wins feels like a lot of wins in the East, where I think that they're going to lose some games to the middle. There's going to be a slug of of parity. We'll get to that, um, but that has to take a win here and there from what might actually be a fifty five win team. I have them at fifty three. And 29 also hitting you over uh, barely. The other thing to keep in mind as well is that they may make a trade for a superstar. So this is a That's bit true. of a hedge against that if they make an in-season trade for a big-time player. Do you think that it'd be, they'd be more motivated to make that trade if they're playing well or if they're playing poorly? Well, it's a good question. We talked about this a little bit in our Celtics podcast. And mm-hmm. I think you, uh, you always go for the big guy to, unless you're running away with first place. But it will be an interesting dilemma for them. If they have the chance to get a DeMarcus Cousins, do you try to mess up your chemistry if you're, I don't know, if you're 20 games over 500 at the All-Star break? I feel like that's a more than a slight disruption. That's a different team you have then. You're, you become DeMarcus Cousins' team. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I definitely feel like, yeah, with those bullets to uh, to have, they need to use them at some point, and especially if they actually have talent, which they do have now. It's not like they can keep adding pieces to be bumping out good players. And it feels like a chemistry-laden team, like you're talking about, that might be like kind of a new Atlanta Hawks, not just because they have Horford, but because they have that, that high win total regular season potential. But we'll see what that really means Probably up in the end against Cleveland, potentially. Um, but next, we should get to Brooklyn. Let's let's zip through past this one as quick as, okay. we, as we can. <laughs> we are, <laughs> their over-under is 20.5. Yes, 20.5. So I'm taking the under slightly, but I think there's a chance they might win like 23 games. I feel like Jeremy Lin is going to have a big point total and about seven turnovers a game for that team. And... I don't really know what else I got, so I don't know. Can we move on? Are we both, yeah, both taking the we, under? We both took the under. We both actually had 20 and 62, so uh, slightly under bad bad team. Give me poor poor basketball being played at the Barclays Center this year, um, but do do turn of, uh, turn into a – actually go to the games and watch the other teams play like I, t- I intend to do. I'm going to go to the first Bulls game, I think. I want to see what this Bulls thing looks like live. Yeah, it's going to uh, be weird. Do, are you excited at any way for just the Brooklyn – uh, pick and roll. Oh, that's good. I like that. Would it be Lynn Brook though? Because don't you usually list list the guard first? Yeah, and then it's just like a country club in in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. And 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 next. Um. So after after Brooklyn comes the uh, New York Knicks, I believe, in the Eastern Ooh, Conference, one in, of the interesting, interesting teams. Yeah. So I believe. Uh, let's see. We should set the line. Vegas has the Knicks at thirty eight. And a half wins. Um, that feels a little high um, to me, but what do you think, Mike? That's a tough one. I think I currently have the over, but I'm not feeling pretty good about it. Uh, it sounds like you have the under. So talk I me do. into why you think this is an under. It, it feels like this is a paper thin team that has a lot of guys probably are going to miss time this year for injuries and guys coming off injuries replacing those guys who might be injured. Um, at, with Interesting, to say the least, um, projection coming from management to new coach in terms of what type of basketball they're going to play with the pieces that really don't fit as far as I remember Jeff Hornacek coaching in Phoenix. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I think it's kind of be a weird mishmash with bad chemistry and probably bad defense um, in a tougher Eastern Conference. It has teams that are just slightly better than them. Plus, there's if we're going to be honest, I'm you know, I don't know what Carmelo is as a superstar anymore in this league. He was upset, I think, about hearing that he was like the 15th best player in the league. Seems about that, right to me, if, if not lower. 
Exactly. Exactly. It was like, come on, man. Who who do you think you are in the in the echelon of the NBA at this point? But he's still the best player on the Knicks. We'll see if he concedes some of that to to Porzingis, who probably um, has the potential to be their best player. Uh, you have him over, though. Yeah, I have them over, but again, I'm not feeling great about it. I think their starting lineup, if they can stay healthy, is actually a pretty well balanced lineup. That's a little short on shooting, and I think Joakim Noah might be a little done. But especially offensively, but I think I like Courtney Lee. Uh, I think Rose has, we don't know exactly because he hasn't played yet. I think Aunt Carmelo and I, I think Porzingis is going to have a really good year. He's looked really good, I think, in strength in the preseason. And they aren't quite running pure triangle. It seemed to have a little bit more speed there than I expected. So maybe their offense won't be that bad. Uh, and defensively, if Noah can stay healthy, he's still a very good defender. The problem, like you said, is that the team is paper thin. You know, Brandon Jennings is like skipping around like uh, white chocolate used to in the preseason. <laughs> he's been hilarious to watch, but I don't think he's very good. And, <laughs> you know, I don't really see – Kyle Quinn's had a pretty good preseason, but he's super erratic. You know, I'm not sure I see much there. They, they're very thin on the wing. Uh, Lance Thomas, I'm not sure he's going to duplicate that shooting he had last year. So if any of those guys get hurt, and that seems like a very realistic possibility, I think it's hard to see how this team hangs in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So I think you're, you're, you're talking me into the under. I think I'm taking the under after what you talked. You talked me into it. They're four, 40 and 42 is what you had. So you still had them as an under 500 team, but that would be a game and a half over there over under. And I had him at 35 and 47. It feels similar to last year's team, just in different ways. I mean, they they obviously, if they're uh, if Rose becomes a um, a smarter volume basketball player, he he you know he shoots terrible percentage and he can't really take outside shots. But if he assumes the role of just distributing and tries to get double digit assists, you know. F- driving and kicking to an open Porzingis is a high percentage shot. Uh, an open Carmelo too is just spotting up. He proved it. Uh, again with you know uh, the dream team uh, he with team USA he you know he can hit open shots so it depends on what what they what they do with spacing it also depends on you know how much they prey upon the weaker teams in the Eastern Conference too uh, they need to win all of their games against the Sixers and and Nets you know stuff like that that's it's similar to baseball you have to win your inner division games well without the division component of the weightedness of baseball but um, in the NBA same thing you got to just take those freebies if that's you know ten wins a year or whatever right there or eight wins a year so yeah we'll see what the Knicks do but uh, they're kind of an interesting subplot. Uh, the city of basketball in New York right now with, with Brooklyn and, and the Knicks is just underwhelming. Yeah, uh, we both have them missing the playoffs as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We do. Um, cool. Lastly, uh, or last but not least, I should say, is Toronto. Oh, we missed. Wait, we skipped your favorite team. Oh, that's right. How could you forget about How your Sixers? <laughs> Are you just that blocked I, out from the Joel Embiid experience? I'm looking directly at it. I just was trying to skip the Sixers. Okay, so let's get to the Sixers. Let's get to this. This is a really high over-under to me. Even even with Ben Simmons getting hurt, that they were up at 27 when the line started, and now they're 24 yeah. and a half. And that seems like a super high number for a team that won 10 games last 10. year. Yeah, 10. I know. I have them doubling. I have them doubling to 20 wins, which doubling your win total regardless of you know where you started is hard um i have met at 20 and 62 and under 24 and a half because 24 and a half is where the line was set which still feels high to me it's so hard to win games in the league when like when every other team needs that win to get to their final over under record um (laughs) you know that's where you fall when in the pecking order it's hard for me to put the wins on the sixers board i don't see that many of them but um without getting too pessimistic i love what i saw from the only preseason ball i have watched which was which is joe Embiid highlights basically oh man um, he, he was uh very productive uh also probably very shot happy but very productive yeah uh, he was trying to get his shots up for sure that, that was definitely true now here's the argument for maybe they go over that last year obviously they had replacement level players everywhere yeah i don't need to remind you of this uh, no you they, don't. they did other than the great ish smith they had replacement level players everywhere they're at least replacing them with people who are kind of decent gerald henderson kind of decent yeah uh sergio rodriguez kind of decent you know may if yeah. he can play i mean obviously we don't quite know dario sarge probably gonna struggle a little bit as a rookie but probably better than what they brought out last year oh for sure better for sure so better. and Embiid if he plays so just replacing that with some decent players maybe get some close but i also see them 
being the worst. I think they're going to be the worst team in the league again. I think, and they're going to take it easy with Embiid, take it easy with Simmons, take it easy with Okafor. Yeah, take it easy <laughs> with Noel. They basically, just yeah. Take I mean, it no, easy. he's out for four to six weeks. Noel's Noel. I got news for you, buddy. If if you if if you want to get paid and get out of Philadelphia, you got to play, man. You, these injuries have started to add up over the course of a three-year career already. That's had a lot of them, and that's not how you get paid when you're tall and fragile. Yeah, so your motivational speech to Nerls and Rell involves don't get injured. Don't just, just like, uh, get you're, you're stronger? Very I don't know. Get you're a very more, inspiring more, motivational speaker. I don't know, man. It, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating because I want to see what all three of these guys can do, and I want them all to play for that that time. Uh, I think that creates, uh, you know, better better basketball when they're going up against each other. Um, all right, so we both got the under. Yeah, we both have the under. I just, yeah, oh, the Sixers. I hope they're over that. 24 and a half wins. Is that so much to ask for? God. All right. Yes. Anyhow. Ugh. So we got past my team. That was fun. All right. Now to Toronto. Toronto's over under is 50 and a half. What do you think about that line? Yeah, feels about right. They're, I think they're a <laughs> 50 and a half. When I saw that too, right away, I was like, wow, the NBA just has a way of understanding. Like there's a couple 50 win teams and there's a certain structure to those teams. Um, I don't know. My whole thing with Toronto is that I, I guess they're pretty similar to last year's team, minus um, who was Bismack Biombo, who was pretty important in the playoffs, but not ultimately that important for the entire season. Um, I don't know. If, I have them at fifty-one and thirty-one, so I guess that's slightly over. Okay, I I have them slightly under. I I am a little more okay. bearish on them because I'm just not sure that Lowry and DeRozan can have the kind of years they had last year. I mean, they were both so incredible. And I think it's going to be tough for them to match that. Also, I do think they will miss Biombo. They also will miss him because Jared Solinger is now out for three months with a foot yeah. injury. Uh, so that that will hurt. And you know they got Jamari Carroll. Guys always hurt. Always bad injuries too. Yeah. Well, that's what happens to athletes sometimes as they get injured. Yeah. Well, it's what happens when your first injury is your back. To be honest, and it's let, true. Let me tell you, we, yes. we are aware of that. <laughs> God, then you do stuff like tear your Achilles randomly. You know, it's just terrible. Right. <sighs> Anyhow. Yeah. So I, I think that I'm a little more bearish on them. I don't think Demar Carroll is going to help them as much as some Raptors fans think. He kind of looked a little bit slow even when he came back, and maybe he's healthy again. But I'm not sure he's going to be the kind of player they want. You know, I think they may end up being better when Norm Powell plays instead. And so I'm, I'm just I'm not sure Jonas Valanciunas takes that next step. You've broken up the bench unit. You have to expect a little bit of a drop off from Lowry uh, after the great year he had. And I mean, I still think they're going to be pretty good, but it wouldn't surprise me if they have. They could probably get a top ten offense again, but it wouldn't surprise me if their defense slips back below average with by losing Biombo and that great yeah. bench unit. And if that happens, I think they're looking at high 40s instead of the 50s. And then they're kind of closer to the pack than I think a lot of people would, would say. Valanciunas missed a bunch of time last year with an elbow injury or something like that. He broke his arm. He something. did, yeah. He, right. So they know that that affected them. And um, he's a much better – he's still a young guy too. He, he kind of has old guy game, I guess you'd say, like sort of. But he's he's young. He's like 23, 24, right? Um, yeah, he's 24. Twenty-four, yeah. So he's he's still certainly could make a bigger impact in terms of a few more wins from that regard if the other two do slip. But I mean, look, Lowry's new body frame and and the way that he trimmed himself down, he was a, a dynamic, a much more dynamic player last year. And and DeRozan, I feel like uh, has a type of game where yeah, he plays at an athletic clip, but um, he's certainly understanding the game at a higher level too. So if those two can even make next strides, it's not like they took the summer off. We'll see. Maybe they became better. These guys are so good now at training themselves to add little pieces. Um, they all work so hard. So we'll see. I have them just over. You have them just under. I think well, we're pretty we both close. both have them behind Boston, though. Yeah, we do. That's correct. We do. Do you feel, um, you feel pretty good about that? Uh, yeah, I do. I think Boston's got a, a slightly better team. And then I think the Horford addition is kind of an X factor that I think he could give a guy like Valanciunas a lot of trouble. Bringing him away from the hoop could be, a, could be an issue. Um Horford's a nightmare. I mean, he's proven how important he can be in the Eastern Conference, at least, um, over the course of time now. But, yeah, we both have them. We both have Toronto behind Boston. Um, so let's move over to I, the... I have, should also note, I have Toronto, like, much closer to the pack than even Boston. Like, I think I think it's Cleveland, then Boston, and then a drop. And I think okay. a lot of people would not say that. No, I think Toronto's up with those with those 
two other teams. I do think those three are clear head and shoulders above the uh, the rest, but that's interesting. We'll take a look back at that a little later on in the season. I know Raptors fans get a little defensive, so that's Mike, Mike Prada, at Mike Prada. <laughs> Uh, SBN. All right, but uh, what, are you going to give my, them my social security number now or something? <laughs> I don't know it, I swear. Um, let's move over to the mm, Central. Okay. Central sense, right? And we'll alphabetically go with the Chicago Bulls. Another team which uh, I couldn't put my finger on where Vegas would place them, but once I saw that they were at, I believe, 38 and a half wins, I thought, geez, that sounds just like another team. Oh, that's right, the Knicks. Where yeah. They were placed at 38 and a half too, which is, I love that parallel. Um, I think it's it's quite interesting. So you can you can take Chicago first, Mike, because I think you had them well under. Yeah, I'm on the record thinking that this is just not going to work at all. Okay, I, I just I watched them a lot in the preseason, and I just the, the, when they have their starting lineup in, they're not getting any good looks. You know, they are getting a lot of 17 foot jumpers. You know, they're not mm-hmm. getting to the basket and they're just, they're getting in each other's way. And I'm not surprised. Dwayne Wade's trying to shoot some threes in the preseason, but I don't think he's really, that's his game. He's trying to be resourceful, but it really doesn't work. I think when Jimmy Butler attacks the rim, it's pretty good. And their yeah. defense yeah. in their starting lineup has been decent because they have a lot of good rim protection, but the offense just doesn't work. And I don't see how the offense is possibly going to work. It's not, even though they're trying to run Hoiberg stuff, there's just not enough shooting. It's too easy to cheat off Rondo, cheat off Wade, cheat off Taj Gibson, who really can't do much other than shoot a mid-range jumper. He doesn't have any post moves anymore. Yeah. And I just, I think it's, there's a pretty good chance, you know, that they're going to be a pretty bad offense. And I don't think, even though their interior defense has been pretty good, their perimeter defense I think is going to be really bad. And they're going to get caught in a lot of odd man breaks because they're going to take some bad shots from bad places because they're going to be have to settle for them. I do not see this working at all. I have them – right now I have them at 35 wins, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go lower. I They were really – Wow. Point differential had them as like a 37 win team last year. Even when they were 42 wins, they weren't very good. And so I think this is I have a totally them as worse team. than, yeah. You have them worse than the Knicks. That's right. I have them worse than the Knicks. Okay. I have them, I have them at 40 and 42, which would be over their 38 and a half win total. I, I don't know. I think it could work to some extent. I think there's just, maybe we're sleeping a little bit on Jimmy Butler being a really, really good player who can mix with that rim protection and the fact that, uh, look, Rondo's a, awkward basketball player to have he's kind of i guess he sounds like a maybe not such a nice guy to have as a teammate i don't know this is just I'm just speculating now but um i do think there's going to be a hierarchy established where wade just has a, a superior presence in the nba the architecture of the league if you will um that i feel like he could probably win the locker room to an extent sort of like maybe kg did with rondo where there's just like these guys who are the godfathers of the game currently and wade is one of them so if that can happen um, and that can maybe help Hoiberg a little bit. Have to, you know, he won't have to have that type of responsibility as much. Maybe they could be a 40 and 42 team, which isn't, I don't think, asking that much uh, for any team uh, who's decent or has put a lot of money into their, their roster like this. But we'll see, man. It's also one of those things, too, where I don't think there's much difference between the Knicks and, and the Bulls, so I could definitely see that being flip-flopped, but 40 and 42 is my prediction. Here's my thing. At least the Knicks starting lineup, you can sketch a, how it makes sense, how the pieces fit yeah. together, right? You've got a point guard who obviously is not much of a shooter, but he can get to the basket, and you have three shooters in that starting lineup if Porzingis can develop his jumper. You've got Noah's the defensive presence and the high post player. Like, it all... I, it's not the perf- It's not a clean fit, but you can kind of see how that works. Like Chicago, I don't see how that works. Like I don't what what offense will make that that trio work together. I mean, I know they're going to try to probably split them up, but I'm not sure off the bench they have enough defense. You know, Miritich and McDermott are really good offensive players, but just total turnstiles on defense, and that's yeah. going to be a problem. Yeah. And Bobby Portis is the same way, total turnstile on defense. So what's the five-man combination that actually makes sense? And the hardest thing, I think, for any coach to do, good coach, bad coach, strong-willed, weak-willed, whatever, is to coach the fading superstar who still thinks he's pretty good. No and doubt about after, that. And and after the playoffs Wade had, you know, Wade is a great presence, but I think he still thinks he's pretty damn good after the playoffs he had. And so it's going to be really hard – for someone like Hoiberg especially to rein that group in. So I I think it's going to be a disaster, but we will see. (laughs) 
Lovely. I like it. So that might be, if we're keeping track of like the biggest disparities, 38 and a half wins Vegas. Do you think they can go lower than 35? That's a big gap. That's That would be a, a drastic one here. Um, interesting. Okay, cool. So next would be Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is set at 56 and a half wins. We both have over. Mike, you had just over with 57 and 25, and I had well over with 59 and 23. Um, you could take the floor first here again, man, because interesting, we both have them kind of sitting above a little bit where Vegas thinks that they're going to play. Do we think they're going to put more into this regular season, or is it just a disparity in talent and it's pretty obvious and now they kind of know how to win and yada, yada, yada? See, I was thinking about this, right? Because I think a lot of people look at that and say, well, they're going to kind of coast. They, right. They're just, last year was a lesson for them. LeBron's not going to go all out. I think there are enough reasons to think that they'll actually, maybe if they don't coast or not, like last year, Remember, Kyrie missed the beginning of the year. Uh, That was a big thing. Shumpert missed the beginning of the year. He's healthy again. They were still integrating Tristan Thompson. I I guess they're still integrating J.R. Smith this time, but I think it's a little easier to slot that piece in than Tristan Thompson. (laughs) They were playing big most of the year. They only started to go small with their best lineups by the end. So there was a lot in flex last year, and they won 57 games. And there's to me, it's like much more established what this team is, and I actually think LeBron might be motivated to try a little harder than he should in the regular season. We're talking about this with Chris Manning. You know, do you, we both think that maybe LeBron will try to eye that fifth MVP and maybe go a little more <sighs> out than he can handle. So I actually think that there's a good chance they even go more than 57. You have it at 59. You know, I I think that they may actually kind of play harder than it seems. It, it may all kind of snap together a little bit better than we expect. Yeah, I mean, look, I think 59 wins is uh, is a lot of wins, um, especially if we're going to think that there's a lot of parity around that 40 to 44 win mark in the Eastern Conference when we get to some other teams. But, um, you know, that means it's going to be just more parity overall. 59 wins would be an outlier from what uh, you have Boston at 55. I have 53. So a difference of six wins, you know, that'd be a, a comfortable Eastern Conference. And even last year, they only won by what, like a game, right? One game. Yeah. I mean, Toronto really pushed them all the way to the end. Yeah, and that's right. I think Boston could do the same this year. It actually might help them for Boston to kind of be on their tail because I think, you know, if they play in the playoffs, the Cavs will wipe the floor with them. But yep. it'll be nice to have someone to chase. And yeah, I think agreed. Boston will go all out. And look, there's still a chance, of course, that Boston makes a big move and kind of becomes a real threat. So For sure. I think they have enough to keep their antennas up. But we'll see. I mean, we, we often see these teams that win the title just kind of slog during the regular season. And we've seen plenty of shots of the Cavs enjoying themselves this summer. So who knows? Yep. Agreed. I guess you didn't because you were away. But did you see them at the Indians yeah. game? Uh, I, I saw like a picture of LeBron there, I guess, you know, on, on the, whatever BBC or I was watching, <laughs> they were having a good time. Uh, let's just say so good. Well, good. They deserve it. You know what? I, I, I'm so torn between this, the Indians and Cubs here because on one hand, you know, I like the idea of, of the Indians winning the world series and Cleveland continuing this momentum. It, city deserves some fun, right? Why not? And then, and then there's the whole Cubs thing where there's like some hundred year old fan who just really needs to see that to to die peacefully. And and uh, I feel like the Cubs thing is so much more important than the Indians. You got a hard feeling on the World Series? I I would not like to see Cleveland become the new Boston. <laughs> that is my hard feeling. If they win two titles in a row and suddenly they're just kind of winning t- titles left and right, and there's just twelve year old kids growing up in Cleveland, like we we're the number one city in the world. <laughs> we can't lose. C- city of champions, up Cleveland, Cleveland yeah. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, everything's coming up Cleveland. Yeah, it's so uh, that's that, that hippie northwest, the hippie midwestern voice you got right there. <laughs> I don't know what that that sounded like. Uh, monorail. Yeah, something like that. What was that guy's name in The Simpsons? Why am I? Blanking on his name. Who? The monorail guy. In the monorail episode? I don't remember. I don't know. This is going to kill me the rest of the podcast. If if it comes up, uh, if you can think of it, Mike, just shout it out. If anyone knows this, tweet at uh, Mike Prater. Oh, Lyle Landley. That's right. Lyle Landley. (laughs) Nice. Well done. My friend friend Google figured that out. Um, We should probably Uh, move on. All right. All right. Fine. Okay. So uh, after Cleveland is the Detroit basketball uh Detroit Pistons. Um Pistons have the line set at 44 and a half wins. We both had over. You have higher. You you like the Pistons. We both do. You had 47 and 35. I had 46 and 36. Mike, tell me why they're a 47 win team this year. That's a pretty big uh jump up. Not not that big of a jump up, but it's a pretty big increase. It puts them 
right in that middle of the Eastern Conference now uh, in both of our respects. Well, let me ask you a question. Like, how worried are you worried about Reggie Jackson's injury? Because I have a yeah, maybe I, am, a, I, I have a maybe contrarian take on this. Um, I am a little worried about Reggie Jackson. I'm always been higher on Reggie Jackson than you, so I'm I I know where you're going with this, and and the floor is yours. Go go ahead. You can tell me why they're going to be better. I don't think they're going to miss him that much. Okay, that's my hot contrarian take. Like I. I think what they may miss is not having a good backup for the backup. And are you saying that Ish is going to be a suitable starting point guard? No, maybe not. I don't think Ish is going to be better than Reggie Jackson, but I think this team has very little playmaking, and Reggie has a tendency to pound the ball and not move the ball. And I think they may be a little happier playing with Ish, who will push the tempo, will set up Drummond for his lobs much more effectively. Yeah. Yes, know. he's very good at that. He's gonna Drummond's gonna love that. And it may also sort of force the Pistons to open their offense up a little bit. It was so Reggie Drummond-centric last year that I think now you can maybe explore some of the stuff that uh, Tobias Harris can do, and maybe you get Stanley Johnson more time and see what kind of playmaking he can do. So I think it may hurt them in that they will not have a good backup to the backup, but I actually think they will be just fine without him. I think for worrying about the absence of Reggie Jackson, I think is a little overblown here. They have the other thing too is they have great coaching and they have a now they have a much deeper bench. I think John Lure is gonna have a really good year, you know, for them. It's a sleeper pick for most improved right there. I think they're a little short at the guard position, but otherwise they're very deep. No, we 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 both like Detroit. We we uh when we had uh Jordan uh Jordan Ballant on with the uh Detroit Bad Boys podcast. We both, I think, were even higher than he was, and it was one of those podcasts where, like, we like the Pistons. Um, so it's an interesting take, though. I have been a little bit shaken by the fact that now Ish is now their starting point guard, and where he's so good to be that change of pace backup, but like on a day in and day out basis, and his inconsistency shooting, he he is sort of a li- liability sometimes. But we'll right. see. Well, it's what only for I guess it's tendonitis. Yeah, you never know how long that goes, but it's so, not yeah, supposed it's to be for more than like a few weeks, right? I mean, yeah, we're, we're yeah. looking at maybe six weeks of this, so I think they can hold the fort down is all I'm saying. <laughs> Build a wall. They can. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll keep coming up. Sorry, sorry, Stan, Ben. Um, I think you would love it if you kept bringing it up. I mean, yeah, you put true. it in the it's, huddle it's for a plain. reason. You know, you had to it's know true. that the cameras were running on that point. Of course. The guy's a showman. Absolutely. Next up. Oh, this is a team I think we disagree on as well. Indiana Pacers. Uh, we do. We do disagree. I'm an over, you're an under. Uh, I'll tell you the real quick why I have it. Oh, 44 and a half is what Vegas said of that. I have them at 45 wins. Uh, I don't know. They're an oddly constructed team, but I have a lot of faith in Paul George. I think that's kind of my whole analysis. I think he's good enough to put them above some other teams in the East, like, uh, you know, Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington Wizards, um, and right around Detroit. So, yeah, I I have them at um, 45 and 37. You have them at 42 and 40. Interesting, Mike. Yeah, I, I think they're about where they were last year. Maybe a little bit worse, though, because they're going to be worse defensively. The parts don't fit as well. They don't have a lot of shooting. They're going to play, I think, too. They might play too fast and kind of kill themselves on the other end. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't trust. I mean, last year, the Pacers were a top five defensive team in the league. Like, is there. I think there's a very good chance they slip out of below average i mean they their backcourt defense is going to be really poor their rim protection is going to be poor because they lost they lost their best guard and their best big man defender they're going to miss george hill and yamahimi and i'm not sure they've really gained enough on the other end offensively and i I like paul george a lot but paul george i think has a tendency you know to do a little bit too much on both ends and this is a team that's not going to have enough shooting to spread it out on him and i worry he's going to try to do too much so i i'm not feeling these guys Interesting. And I wanted to see something real quick. The Pacers on I want to look. The ESPN did a really cool, you know, breakdown of uh, what was it? The uh, RPM projections, and, and, and it's it's quite interesting. Did you read this piece yet? Yeah, I believe Indiana was very low on this. They are. Yeah, they they are thirty nine wins is what they'd be projected at, which uh, they were one of the biggest discrepancies. I had them over. I still keep them over. Remember this: the Pacers are going to be. Good. I also think Miles Turner is going to take a much bigger step forward than people think. I think those two together could be a kind of a sleeper power forward, small forward combination that could completely dominate uh, in the East. So let's see. After the Pacers, there's one team left: the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, let's. I feel bad for these these guys because they the Chris Middleton injury is just a huge blow. Yeah, it's such a bummer too. Yeah, they just have nobody to replace them. So this line was a lot higher. It got bumped down to 34.5. I think there's a chance there's even still that they're going to be well below that. 
man. So I I don't. I think they're going to be 35 and 47. I think Jabari Parker and uh, Giannis together, again, in this, the weird hybrid wings that can kind of just dominate a lot more facets of the game, assuming, and I think Jabari Parker was really good at the end of the season last year, but I think he's going to be uh, a trim down even. Uh, did you see, you saw some preseason basketball, yes? Yeah, I saw a little bit of the Bucks. They looked they looked a little better than I thought. But yeah. What what I worry about is like what what's the roadmap for them being a good team on either side of the ball? They don't have enough shooting on one side, and their defense was terrible last year. I think they they kind of got figured out. And who would, I mean, they're gonna maybe start Tony Snell. They just yeah, acquired. Yeah, he is, they he is such, starting. Yeah. The Middleton leaves such a humongous hole there. Yeah. No, it does. I, well, 35 wins is still a bad basketball team. You have them potentially being a 31-win team, it looks like. And I, I might be lower than that because I, I think they could be bottom 10 in both offense and defense. I'm just not sure. I mean, Giannis talking, is going to put up big this. numbers. Giannis is going to put up big numbers. But yeah. And I like the Delhi additions, and I think Mirza Teletovic will help them. And maybe they'll stumble on just benching all their centers that they paid $100 gazillion to and just playing Jabari with Giannis and Mirza and just having one of them check a center. That might be their best lineup. Yeah, I, I might. you might be talking me into the under by a lot more now. Okay, I'm going to highlight that one. We'll get to this later. Right. Later on, we're going to do a limited upside. This might be in the second part of this. But we're going to do a limited upside uh, – pick them we have a friend who knows does a really good job of aggregating onto this website for us and we get to kind of just see everyone picking five teams over unders so we're going to see what that looks like uh, from a limited upside cumulative standpoint we're going to pick five teams i'm going to highlight that one real quick milwaukee bucks could be a big under potentially mm-hmm. potentially yeah. I feel bad okay. but i'm not i'm not feeling that team maybe milwaukee like 25 years from now um the Packers are going to, you know, continue to win. I'm assuming Milwaukee will cl- claim the Packers, right? Um, and then, you know, the Bucks just can't stop winning NBA Finals. And there's going to be a 12 year old kid who grows up, Mike, <laughs> in yes, ya- with Giannis Jr. leading. The yeah, way. exactly. All right, we uh, grow up. We, we're the champions of the world. Nothing can ever happen to Milwaukee. Um, uh, okay, yeah. sorry. All right, Milwaukee. Let's move on to the Southeast. Next, I, I think this is another team that I think we disagree on. The Atlanta Hawks. The over under is forty three and a half. Where you got them? Yeah, yeah. The Atlanta Hawks. I have them at forty four and thirty eight. Uh, faith in coach Dwight trying to prove something. And Millsap still um, one of the best players in the Eastern Conference at a position that he's been routinely dominant at. Um, I also think that Schroeder, Schroeder, um, is Schroeder, Schroeder, Schroeder is an interesting player. Um, I think he's got a lot to prove, and I think he's always been kind of a guy. I don't know if he's got the same disposition as Rondo on the court. I don't know what they're like. They obviously, could be different off the court, but he kind of has that my way or the highway approach to point guarding. Um, which could be good for Dwight. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Those, those two could see a lot of nice alley-oops and easy buckets for Dwight too um, this season. So yeah, I think that, I think that this is kind of being overstated, the whole Horford leaving and the collapse of um, the end of the Atlanta Hawks being a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. But what do you think? I, I believe I remember seeing them outside of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling great about this pick, uh, but I think I, I have them missing the playoffs. And yeah. I have... I have here's where I'm going to overstate the loss of Al Horford. I I do not like the Dwight Howard fit. Uh, I think that is I don't really understand how it's supposed to work with Mike Budenholzer's system. Either he's going to have to adjust it quite a lot because they their shooting spacing, you know, moving the ball thing like really didn't you know is not going to work with Dwight Howard. He's going to take up all this room. Or he's going to have to change how they play. He's going to have to change how they play on both ends. There's a chance, I think, that they're still going to be a really good defensive team. But offensively, I think when you combine Howard's inability to finish anymore, with Schroeder just has such tunnel vision, he's going to him and Howard are going to get so frustrated with each other because he's never going to find him on these drives. And no, the wing, man. Keep you don't going. think so? You don't think Keep that, going. Keep, no, no. It, it's interesting. Like I, I can see both sides of the argument here. Like I, I get it. I also just still think that there are other, I don't know, called the superlative components or like the the little things all that are needed to be I don't know shaken out here, which is like Schroeder is a is a good point guard in waves. He also has games and where he's, you know he looks completely dreadful, but maybe part of that is because he didn't know what his role would be game in and game out, and now he does. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm trying to think positively because I like Maybe. I have a 44 and 44 and 38 for me puts them at like the six seed. You have them at 41 and 41, which puts them at nine outside of the playoffs. Yeah. I, again, I'm not feeling great about this because the Hawks have kind of constantly been able to persevere. But 
I just don't like the mix. I don't think Paul Millsap will be as good as he was last year. I think they will find that Horford's – he was amazing last year. And no question, one of the best players in the league. But I think he will. Fi- they will find that they will miss some of the stuff Horford brings more than they think. But they've, they've played without him a lot, though. He's been hurt a lot over the last three seasons. Not with this mix of players, though, with this coach. Yeah. He's always been in there with this with this team. I guess they're that first year, but they were 38-win team that year. That's true. That, and it wasn't like they were particularly great. <laughs> Uh, and their wing play, I think, is really gonna is really gonna fall off a cliff. I mean, Kent Bazemore maybe will make a jump, but Kyle Korver, I think, will take another step back. Tim Hardaway, not a believer in him. Uh, Tabo Cephalosha, I think, he'll take another step back. Uh, I don't think their rookies are ready. So, you know, I I'm, again, I don't feel great about this, but if I pick one of the East Main States to slip out, I think it will be Atlanta. Okay. All right. Uh, next would be the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, 42 and a half wins by Vegas. Mike, well over. Ben, yeah, slightly over. I, I think well this over. is – it was even lower than this. I think it was around 39, which is totally absurd. This is a, a top bet for me. I think getting Char- getting MKG back will mean that this defense will continue to be really, really good. Uh, I like Kemba Walker to have a good another good year. I think Batum will be just fine. I like the addition of Roy Hibbert. You know, I think it's a good fit for him. Uh, th- it may be a little tough for them to score if they play him and MKG together, but I like the fit. I think Ramon Sessions was a nice pickup. I'm one of those people that is not a huge Jeremy Lin believer. I think they will be just fine <laughs> replacing him with Sessions. I think the system really magnified what Lin could do. I think it will do the same for Sessions. He's yeah. an attacker and a driver, and I really like that. I think Marco Bellinelli will bounce back I kind of with Clifford I, I like that and I think their front court if Cody Zeller can get healthy I think they can still whip the ball around the same way they did last year in certain lineups with certain pieces so I don't think they'll be better than last year but I think they could be a top five uh, defense and their offense will be worse but it has quite a ways to climb after the way it was last year so I like them as a four seed I think they're the four seed in this in this conference yeah uh, I have them as the seven seed. Uh, I, I mean, look, I do think they're going to be uh, another good team. 44 and 38. I have them at the same record as Atlanta. I, I have a lot of parity as we'll kind of get to this as we, we kind of get the, the meat of the, as you see, Detroit. Very close to that same record uh, as well. I had them at 46 wins. So it's hard for me to make my mind up of where these teams are going to fall. So I went a little more conservatively. Um but I will say this. I, I don't know what it's going to be like. Um, big Al was a big part of the of the franchise. It's always weird. There's always a little bit of a vacuum. We'll see who kind of assumes that. Um, I mean, you just say it's Kemba's team at this point, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he's kind of already established that. So, yeah. I mean, look, they're going to be good. Um, also another great coach as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another great coach. Right. So. I don't see them underachieving. So, I mean, I don't really – a lot of this is a vote of no confidence in the rest of the conference that they're in the four seed. But I think, again, they might be closer to Toronto than we think. I, I like what they're doing. All right. Cool. Uh, after Charlotte comes the Miami Heat, one of the teams uh, projected to be significantly worse than they were last year. They're at 34 and a half by Vegas. And, Mike, you have them. Again, this is one of your biggest discrepancies with Vegas. Um, mine is also pretty far under. Where's the, uh, where's the tank? <laughs> You're going get to the, get the dunk tank? Put Think Pat about Riley it, right? They've got um, – they have so many picks going to Phoenix from that very – that Dragas trade that now looks pretty bad, although they couldn't have possibly known what would have transpired over the next year. When they made that trade, you know, you can't blame them for that. But that trade looks like it kind of is maybe a disaster unless Dragic has a big year. And I I don't see that. I I think everybody's sort of being like, oh, let's get Goran Dragic unleashed. He's going to be great. He's really only had one year where he's been a all-star level player in the NBA. I don't think it's going to happen again. At, he's in his 30s now. I know the floor is spread for him a little bit, and I think Dragic-Whiteside might put up big numbers in the pick and roll, but I do not see Dragic suddenly – emerging as a great player and other than that they just don't have enough scoring they have i think they'll be playing hard they'll compete every night but this could be a bottom five offense and i think once they get to a point where they're struggling they may shut it down pretty quick to try to get that draft pick uh, and they got the bad the bad juju coming their way because how they've treated bosch which has been poor um well it depends from a business standpoint i suppose they're doing what also, they should be doing also who you believe yeah, and, and whose story you're buying. But regardless, um, you have them at 27 and 55. I have them at 31 and 51. Bad. Uh, that puts them both at 13th overall in the Eastern Conference for both of us. Um, well, let me ask you a question. If if Bosch was 
able to play like every other day, every other game, let's say, or something like that, how much better do you think they would be? Because I think they would actually be quite a lot a better. Yeah, a lot better. He's like I think they could great push player. for a playoff spot without him. It's just that when you replace him with the black hole of, I mean, Josh Roberts is hurt. Like Derek Williams. I mean, are you going to play yeah. Justice Winslow at the four? Josh yeah. Richardson is injured to start the year. I think he could have had a big breakout, but now he's hurt. So I mean, I just don't. You're going to be so small, and you're going to have a lot of trouble to guard up. And that four position is such a black hole. I don't yep. quite, you know, don't quite figure out how that's going to work. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Bosch would make a huge difference in so many ways. And I think just even they might get a huge bounce by just having him around the team playing. It's a, it's, it's a shame. The whole thing's a shame. Um, next is a team who you are a lot higher than higher on than I am, which is the Orlando Magic. 37 and a half by Vegas. You have them, I believe, at 41 and 41. And I have them at, uh, let's see, right around the Orlando Magic zone. So 34 and, four, and 48, right around where they almost... Always. Yeah. Hot take. Magic are making the playoffs. That is my boldest prediction of the year, I suppose. Um, wow. So you tell me why I'm wrong first. Uh, I, all right. They're the Magic. So there's going to be uh, an aversion to the playoff basketball scene. They don't really like being a part of that. Oh, no, no. It's more of this, man. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Talk about how pieces fit. Um, tell me about what, what their optimal lineup is and, and how that works out. Um, I'm also assuming that you think that Gordon's going to take a huge step this season. I think that's a huge part of your guests i'm assuming i think okay i look at this team right kind of has to be yeah, yeah i mean uh, look the the parts don't fit great there, there's no question about that but unlike with chicago i think you can construct a lineup that at least sort of makes sense of what the coach wants to do so i frank vogel's presence is a big reason why i think they will scratch out a playoff berth that team they could roll out a really good defensive lineup you know if they play Biombo and Ibaka, or even if they just play Ibaka and Vucevic and they play Gordon as well, and they have some of the other pieces they have, I think they could roll out a really good Vogel-esque defense that funnels to the big, big people. And they could have, you know, the seventh, sixth, maybe even better defense in the league. And look, they're going to be a really bad offensive team. Yep. But I think they could, if you have that good a defense, and I think there's a chance they have that, then you will just scratch out games based on talent. I, I do think Aaron Gordon will make a jump. I'm, I'm not wild about where his position is, but he's also so young, and we don't really know what to expect from him. We'll that see. I think him and Peyton even could could be a lot better this year. And Generally, this the age has no curve, shooting. No shooting. They don't have any shooting. I agree. But did Indiana? Did Vogel's Indiana's team have a ton of shooting either? No, no. I mean, no. But they don't have Lance Stevenson yet. <laughs> okay, it's okay. No, it's, I know where you're going with that. But uh, all right. Well, we uh, we disagree on Orlando. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're going to be a young team that learns how to probably get a little closer to being maybe a playoff team next year. I look at them as a team who's going to lose a lot of close games probably because that lack of shooting. Um, also, thinking about that optimal lineup, like I don't really think you can play or would want to play um, Biombo and Ibaka together too much because you're going to need to protect Vucevic and play him, and you're going to have to keep one of them in with him sort of just as protection defensively. So, um, uh, Well, yeah, okay, but then you have some more offense. So, I mean, I think they're well, – I mean, that's the thing. Vucevic is probably the best shooter on their team. Oh, no, Evan Fournier is a good shooter, but I feel, oh, sure. I feel you on that shooter. second yeah. best yeah. shooter. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, mean, I understand where you're coming from. It, it's a bold pick. I just think that if you can be that good defensively, you can win some games. And well, I like Vogel, so that's that's interesting. If they had a different coach, I might feel a lot differently about them. But yeah, fair. All right, last but most definitely not on this podcast. Least the Washington Basketball Wizards, uh, forty-two and a half wins by Vegas. Mike, we're reversing roles. You are the optimist this time. I am the one who has him slightly under. Uh, you've been 44 and 38 and comfortably in the meat of the Eastern Conference playoffs at the sixth seed. I do. The floor is yours. Yeah, I, uh, I've actually been fairly encouraged by what I've seen in preseason. I think John Wall, my biggest fear with this team coming into the year is that John Wall was going to not be fully healthy to start the year, and that would get them off to a bad foot. He looks pretty good in preseason. He played 
28 minutes in the final preseason game. He looks really fresh. He's dunking. He seems much more active. Uh, I've been impressed with what I've seen there. So that has me excited. I think Bradley Beal's played really well in preseason. Their defense has been a little hit and miss, but you see where it can all come together. It's going to be much more aggressive than I think a Whitman style is. Losing Yamahimi hurts, but I also think it may allow them to stumble into something that works, which is Andrew Nicholson playing as a five in backup units. I think he's been able to stretch the floor really, really nicely. He's a real matchup issue. I think if he's a four, he's not nearly as much of one. So I actually think that may help them if Gortat can play well. He's been a little shaky in the preseason. So, you know, they're a little short on the wing. Not great stuff. Motto Porter, Kelly Oubre's had his flashes. You know, they have to hope those guys are consistent. But when you combine, I think, and Marky Forrest hasn't played that great in the preseason, but with the way Wall and Beal are looking so far, and I think some of the, the way the defense seems to hit I think they will be good enough to make the playoffs I I was a little lower on them until I saw the way Wall and Beal were playing and now I'm you know probably maybe overreacting a little bit to preseason but I feel pretty good about how well they're gonna be ready to play every night I think they're they're not gonna have as many letdown games and that'll give them three more wins all right well, I'm at 42 and 40 and making the playoffs as the eight seed. Um, I don't know. You know a lot more about the Wizards than I do. I can't really ex- uh, dispute anything you just said about watching them this preseason as I did not watch a second of it. Uh, I'm at 42 and 40. Hopefully that includes uh, some health from Beal and Wall together. If that happens, if they get to if they play 70 games together this season, uh, they're going to win. They're going to win closer to 46 games in that, you know, a little higher range. Right. You'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, you originally, when you, we had our podcast, you had them at like 46 wins. So I did. why are you I down did. on them a little bit more? Um, I don't know. I guess I, haven't, I guess I haven't watched that much preseason basketball, but in my head I just see the, them as kind of a lesser version of maybe, um, I don't know, Detroit or, or Toronto or Atlanta or Charlotte in some ways too. I don't know. I think they're at the bottom end of those exact teams that are all really close to each other. But look, Atlanta is a team you have at nine and I have at the six seed. You know, we have some big differences here, um, at least in a couple. Real quick, Bradley Beal this preseason per 36 minutes, 22.7 points, 5.4 assists, shooting five threes a game, one and a half turnovers, 52% from three this preseason. Maybe Sounds this good. is the year he stays healthy. Maybe this um, is the year. I hope so. I hope so. He always gets those stress-related injuries, which are seem like things that can reoccur pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, and very stressful randomly. for the fans as well. Yeah, all around, right, all around. Well, on that, on that pun, um, we should probably flip this over. We should do the Western Conference, but we should do that on the next podcast. So just listen after you listen to this one. Just go right to the second one that we're recording like right now also but it's gonna be on a separate one that'll be the western conference and some of our superlative picks mvp uh rookie of the year stuff like that um and we'll pick our our five picks at the end of of what we're going to submit into this uh pick them for the limited upside to actually be uh you know money where our mouths are if you will um cool mike that was good eastern conference takedown pretty good time on to the western conference on to the west 